Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you on a Wednesday afternoon. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Allison, are you tired of the rain yet? I only know rain. I know no other weather than rain. That's all there is. What gets me by is being able to look out the study here at the tomato plants, which are really happy right now. Mm, yes. Well, are, and, and have you protected your plant successfully thus far this season? That's always a challenge, I know. There has been no security breach. That's, a, that's very important. I have friends dealing with this throughout the Midwest, so I'm proud of yes. you. Yes. Well, I've got quite the little barricade back there. <laughs> we should do a podcast it's, on that sometime. People would like to know. Tom would listen. Tom Reed would listen. It's pretty extensive, um, but it works. It works. Excellent. Um a Blue Jackets news, Allison. Uh, when last we talked, uh, this I believe young Max Domi was was may have been literally going under the knife at that point. Mm. Um, yeah, so Max Domi shoulder surgery out five to six months. This may sound familiar. It's essentially what Gus Nyquist had. It's essentially what Josh Anderson had. There's lots of shoulders going on in Columbus, but Allison, this is a blow. I mean. Max Domi, we'll, and we're, we'll get into some. We've got a lot of other stuff to get here, but we, this is a significant um, player and a loss. Quickly here, um, they don't have a lot of centers to give. I'm not even sure if he is one. He moved all over the place last year, but he's going to be out until at least early November, maybe early December, if it takes six months. Early December, <sighs> there have been a lot of kicks in the backside for this team. This is a big one as they head into the offseason and as Max Domi heads into the final year of his contract here. 
it is. And, you know, you have to wonder for a player who struggled, you know, was, when did this injury occur? What, what was he dealing with? Was it, was it a progression? You know, we, you mentioned Gus Nyquist, you know, certainly not saying the two injuries are identical, but that was a progression for him of a, of a aggravation. Um, so you're curious to see not just the impact on his current team when he does return, but will he return to maybe what was expected of him when he came to Columbus or even prior to that? Yeah. Yeah. And like so many other situations with this club, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond to this. He's out at least a month of the season, maybe two. Mm -hmm. In a normal setting, if the team were gearing up, thinking that next year could be their year, it might be something you address urgently. We need a centerman. You wonder, though, with this team and what may lie ahead for this team, and that's going to be the theme of this podcast here today, is how are they going to, how are they going to approach mm-hmm. um, that? Is that an urgent need now, or is this, let's see what Roslovic and Texier can do. This is the learning curve that they're under. Um, as I said, this is going to be the theme of this podcast because there's some great indecision right now, at least looking into the club from the outside. What are they going to do, Allison? How do they view themselves right now? Do they see themselves as a team that is rebuilding? And we talked about this a little bit last year or last week, but I, but I want to look uh, more closely at how this impacts um, several of their major decisions, but especially one. And, and that one is the coaching decision. Because mm-hmm. we think that there's going to be a coach in place. This is Wednesday. You may be hearing this on Thursday. We think by the end of this week, there could very well be a Blue Jackets coach in place. Mm-hmm. Um, depending upon who you listen to, Brad Larson uh, is, a, is a guy who's definitely being considered and, and appears the odds-on favorite. But if this team is rebuilding, Allison, I think you're hiring a different coach than if you are in win-now mode or com- at least compete-now mode. Uh, do you, do you agree with that statement or or how do you see it? Yeah, I mean I think it it certainly determines what kind of coaching hire you make, but I think interestingly each organization is different, right? I mean you look at even and now I'm now I'm going to draw the ire of some you look at an organization like Toronto um when their window really blew open after their intentional rebuild, um they brought up their AHL coach who right. had worked with their young, a lot of their young talent to really foster that evolution. Sometimes you need a different voice, um, depending on what your roster looks like and what you're bringing into the, into the roster and when. Um, but yes, I think that depending on you know, some of those candidates you've mentioned, if you look at what each of them has as strengths, um, who comes in the door as the next head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets is going to be that first kind of signpost, as you mentioned, about which, which way this this trip is headed for the Blue Jackets over the next little bit of time. Yeah, and so some of the names we're kicking around here, we can say Gerard Gallant has interviewed twice with the Blue Jackets. We can say Rick Tockett has, and Brad Larson has. There may be others. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure about David Quinn. Know that he interviewed a, a first time. And and so there, there's some interesting characters there. Do you when you look at those four guys, 
Uh, everyone has their strengths, their weaknesses, but it's possible to be good at multiple things. Mm-hmm. When you hear Gerard Gallant, is now the time for Gerard Gallant? And, and let's look at that from the team's perspective, but also from Gerard's perspective. Is this the team he wants to jump in with? Right, and we're, we, are, we are assuming we still don't know for sure the team's direction. Is that correct? We're still talking about what we think we may. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that it does change a lot. But I wonder if there are any of these coaches that work no matter what. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, Gallant might be that guy who works no matter what, because this is a guy that, you know, he's currently being lauded for what he did in the world championships. But, you know, I'm more impressed by what he did, particularly in Las Vegas. He brings together a group of guys who were at the time before people, when everyone thought they had gamed the expansion draft, um, a bunch of guys who were quote unquote cast offs, misfits, um, and, and took them to the final in his first year. Um, so if this is a team that says we're going to really try and reload to use Yarmo Kekalainen's phrase, is Gerard Gallant a coach that can just say, Hey guys, let's go prove everyone wrong and, and have the skill to guide that. He might. Um, and at the same time, the, can that energy be channeled a different way if this is a development um, situation and a coach him up to get through maybe some tougher times as, as the organization undergoes a rebuild? He, he could be that too. Um, he's seen that in Columbus <laughs> before so it, it, yes. some attempts. So, you know, of, of some of those names you mentioned, he, he might be the guy that fits any bill, but this is also a guy, like you said, what does he want? Um in my mind, this is this is a strong NHL coaching candidate who could probably pick his spot and probably has a price tag a deserving of what he's accomplished. So um, will he get that offer that he's looking for? And, and does he want a rebuild or does he want a reload or does he want a contender? Um, so he does have a voice, obviously, in this as well. Yeah, and Larry Brooks of the New York Post reported the other day that Gallant remains the leader in the clubhouse for the Rangers job. Mm-hmm but that the Rangers may be waiting on Rod Brindamore. Oh, come on. No, truly. Uh, Rod Brindamore supposedly came to terms with Carolina. Yes. But nothing has been settled. And the longer it goes unsettled, the more people wonder where... um, Read the reporting of Sarah Sivian. Read the reporting of Sarah Sivian. Read the reporting of Sarah Sivian. And she has Brindamore locked down and done. Done or not coaching. Yes. What now? What does that mean? Done in Done Carolina or not. or not coaching in the At NHL? All. Yeah. But she's she, also- she has been reporting for literally, I think it's if not months, it's close to two months that he's staying in Carolina. There's also a report that his good friend um, Ron Francis in Seattle, mm. who Brindamore's known forever, yes, would have extensive interest in Rod Brindamore. Yeah. If, if that maybe, I mean, I haven't read Sarah's reporting on that since she's obviously been focused on other things lately. I don't know if she's been poking around that, but Seattle, from my uneducated opinion, maybe, but I, I don't see him going to New York. That's just my two cents. Four million bucks. Mm, two cents. Mm. Mm. Um, so I, I, it feels, when you look at, at, at all that's out there coaching-wise, it does feel... Like the world's waiting on somebody. Yes. And Brindamore makes a ton of sense. I'm not sure if people are waiting on Paul Maurice like this. Are they? No, I don't think so. I think he gets a job if he's out in Winnipeg. 
but I don't think people are waiting on him necessarily. Yes. The sense I get from Gerard Gallant, everyone keeps saying, um, geez, he's going to get a job. You're going to get a job. Which job do you want? And I think for a guy that hasn't coached in 16, almost 17 months now, he's like, I don't have an offer. (laughs) Like, it's easy for you guys to say. Right. But no one's come to me and said, here's what we're thinking. What do you think? I think he takes I think he takes an offer if he gets one right now. Um, and his stock may have gone up a little bit, given the way that Team Canada performed at the end there at the World Championships in Riga. Because that team, well, they really came together. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much stock people put in the World Championships, GMs, but, but it certainly is not a bad line to put on your resume. What'd you do last week? Won the gold medal. Right. Uh, that After starting good. Owen, whatever. Three, yeah, yeah, which was like, whoa, what's going on there? Um, they just you look at that roster though, they just couldn't get anybody to play. And I don't blame the players because that, that was another lockdown situation. Sure. Oof. Um, so Gerard, you're right. Gerard Gerard can apply, I think, in many different situations. I wonder though if it's made clear to him that this is going to be a rebuild. Right. If that changes who is interested in it. Hundred percent, and you certainly would hope they would they would be open about that. They may not be using the same terminology we are, right? But this is what we're looking at here, guys. Um, what about Rick Tockett? Same as Gallant. I mean, people people are of the opinion that Rick Tockett really coached up Arizona these last couple of years. They were a much more competitive team there this year than people expected. Is he in the same boat as as Gallant in terms of that sort of hybrid style, or or how do you differentiate? Yeah, you know, I, and again, that's that's kind of the book I've heard on the man as well is that he can do more, he can make more of what he's given than what maybe it, it is on paper. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, to me, talk kind of chalks in more. If we're on that, this is a longer time frame kind of team. Hmm. Um, only because just situationally as, as well, I mean, this isn't a guy who's really pushed for a cut, you know, like this isn't a proven, like I turn you into a champion. That's, that's the kind of coach I am role right now. Right. Um, right. but so I see him, if he is to be hired, I would see him more in the, you know, we're building something here. We want these guys to be their best. Um, and the, the roster is going to be evolving over, over this next set of time that, that, may or may not hopefully coincide with your contract. <laughs> right. Yeah. And let's be clear here too. The Blue Jackets cannot, nor any, nor could any team, present this as, here is our coach because we're going to rebuild. For sure. It can't ever be articulated that way. It's going to be, here's our coach who can really teach young players, and we're in it for the long haul. We're committed. He's going to make our players better. Mm-hmm. And does that... Do you hear David Quinn? Do you hear Brad Larson in that description, or what do you hear? It, well, you, you, again, you never know what you hear, you know, <laughs> right? I mean, what do you hear? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I get the sense that Quinn is a teacher. Yeah, I, but yeah, you assume that as a college coach that, that yeah, maybe totally wrong. I think they're all teachers now because they have so many. To be. Yeah. Right, because so much is learned at the NHL level that used to be hashed out in the minors before you even got a shot. It's very even then it was it's very much teaching. For sure. I I think it is. And I you know, and this is that whole thing of 
that happens in, in so many parts of the world is, are you a good teacher? And then also, are you a proven winner? And how much does that weigh? Right. You know, I think that, you know, you talk about Quinn, you know, Brad Larson is also a proven teacher, had success in this very organization at the AHL level, which is, as many have talked about, a very challenging teaching experience because in reality, very few players actually want to be there. <laughs> they either yeah. want to be going up or, or you know, it's that's not their ideal landing spot. My concern, if, if Brad Larson comes in, and this isn't specific to Brad Larson, is that so many times, you know, we know that the dynamic of an assistant coach is, is, is you're the good guy. You know, it's, it's the head coach is kind of the heavy. He's the guy that's making the lineup decisions. He's the guy that has to kind of bang you upside the head a bit with some things you don't want to hear. Um, and it can be a challenge for an assistant coach to go to a head coach within the same organization, not because sure. they're not capable, but because you have to really overhaul no, your, you, and you have to yep. overhaul your relationship with every single player that you've known on that roster. Um, right. So, so, you know, that's, that's definitely something that would be interesting to watch for everyone involved. If, if Brad Larson becomes a front runner, as you've mentioned. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And one gets the sense that that part of Brad Larson's job as coach, um, how to put this nicely, was at times to sort of do cleanup in the dressing room <laughs> after the head coach left. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because Tortorella can, as newsflash, can come on a little strong sometimes. And I think Larson was sort of the, the guy that would come in afterwards and be like, Okay, here's what he means. Yeah, like cleaning this up, building you back up again. Everything's going to be fine. Um, yeah, but I also think there's some, and, and I thought it was really interesting how Yar- how openly Yarmo spoke about his support for Larson because I it does feel like this is a guy that they want to hire. I think there are players in the room that they that want him to be the guy mm. too. Mm-hmm. I and I I think they think he can be a hell of an NHL coach. And so I think the tough thing for them is is it's it's a tough one because you don't you're not going to let the fan base tell you who or who not to to hire. Right. However, but you also <laughs> right, but you also don't want to pick the guy that makes the fan base you know go off the rails. And I think we have to be careful too. And I don't mean this is a slight to anybody. But people, it, Twitter is not the whole of the fan base. That is true. That's Facebook. There are, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. There are a lot of, 
Blue Jackets fans, it's good service in a restaurant, bad service in a restaurant. There are lots of people who, if they hired Brad Larson, go, well, good for him. He's getting a shot. Right. I always kind of liked him. Or, you know, it's good for him to get a shot. It's, But they're not going to hop on Twitter and be like, you know, over the top happy about it. It's going to be the other side that expresses themselves. And they're perfectly, perfectly fine to do that. Of course they are. They don't need us to say it. Um, but I think I think if you're the Blue Jackets, you have to turn off that that noise. If you really believe that Brad Larson is going to be a hell of an NHL coach, and I think they believe that, then go for it. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I, yeah, I mean, yes. At the end of the day, yes. If you're if you are a leader and you are a decision maker, you have to make what you think is the right choice, having weighed all the feedback. Um, and again, my, my concern is, you know, someone can be a fantastic NHL head coach if they're in, and this is what this whole thing is about, if they're in the right situation, right? And so yep. you do, as you just mentioned, we have a, there's a fan base imp- consideration. Uh, that's maybe that's even too strong of a word. Um, there's that role change that I was talking about. Um, and then, as you said, you know, if there are players in the, in that room who think he's the right guy, you know, you have to weigh that too. It's, Yes. At the end of the day, they have to pick who they think is the right choice. Um, I think even if he's the right choice, I think unfortunately for for him, <laughs> through no fault of his own, although I'm sure people are going to argue with me on that, it, it's probably one of the more challenging roads uh, for the organization <laughs> to pick Brad Larson, just in terms of a, a maybe a PR perspective. Also because, you know, again, through no fault of his own, We've talked about the attention that John Tortorella could bring to this organization and the value of that. And Brad Larson is not yet a name that does that. Gerard Gallant is. Mm-hmm. Rick Tockett might be. Quinn might be. Um, but Brad Larson is, is the lowest profile right now of those names, at least in my opinion. Um, so that's a consideration too. Yeah, he's the guy who hasn't been the head coach yet. That's right. I always think it's interesting though because I would love to go back and and – look at what the Colorado Avalanche fan base thought when Jared Bednar was hired. Now he may be getting fired here in two days too. So we should get this out quickly perhaps, but <laughs> that would you know be egregious saying? if they fire him over this. Well, I, I don't put it, I wouldn't put it past him. I know it's the I NHL's know. brutal that way, but egregious in my opinion, my, my point is like just because, and, and I think people, I think people here think they know Brad Larson as a coach based solely upon the power play. Right. And let's let's not mince words. The power play has been absolutely abysmal. He would agree. Abysmal. (laughs) He would agree. Yes. Yeah. It's been terrible. Yeah. But that's not all that Brad Larson does, and he's not the only person who does it. 100%. And I'm not not stumping for anybody to get the job, but my God. I mean – if the if the guy, hey Blue Jackets fans, look at it this way, he may become the head coach. He may be better suited at being the head coach, and they'll bring in another coach to run the power play. Right, <laughs> right, right. So you may be getting what you want. True. Um, yeah, but I guess my point is, you don't know about some of these guys until they get the chance. Mm-hmm. For sure. And right and. Nobody in Denver, when Patrick Waugh quit, nobody said, you know, I'd hire the guy from the Cleveland AHL team. 
But then they interviewed with him. Boom, he gets a job, and I think there people have been delighted by him for the most part. Because they should be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just it it's it's such an odd science. This one thing I we I can throw in here is my understanding is that Kenny McCudden and Jared Bowl will be back with the organization mm-hmm. in some capacity next year. I assume the same capacity they're in now. Sure. Uh, so that's a bit of, of good news if you're McCudden and Bull fans. And really, Allison. How can you not be? Who isn't? Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Let me ask you this. This element of it. What if the players in the room want Brad Larson? They would know him more than the others. I, I think there is some relationship mending going on between the room and the front office. For sure. Is that is that worth it? Well. If the players say this is the guy we want, how much do you listen to that right now? Yeah. You know, and again, it's it's the answer I gave before. I think it's it all matters. But just like drafting, at the end of the day, you have to make the decision. You, know, you look at that Jared Bednar hire. Yeah. Maybe no one saw it coming, but you had whatever tools, whatever individuals were involved in that process had the ability to identify that he was the right candidate for the job, right? Mm-hmm. So just like scouting, this, this is the same thing. So you have to say, is this the right coach for the job? And I think you do factor in the players' voices. I think that they should be investing in those relationships with what the players are sharing in terms of what they want, what they see, what their opinions are on all of this. However, they can't listen to that solely because – Listen, as you said, and, and no one no one will say this, but if, if this is a situation where the team is going to take some time to try and find a way to rebuild for a window that opens maybe in a few years, which means this team isn't winning as much as they have been, those players who like that coach now may not like him <laughs> in, in six to eight months. Sure. Um, so, you know, you listen, but again, you, you have to, as leaders, you have to weigh every piece of information that's involved in this decision and, and make your decision accordingly. It can't be only because of what the players say. That's, that's what I'm trying yeah. to say in a long winded answer. Yeah. Yeah. So as this, as this off season moves along, if the team doesn't come right out and say it, and again, they've got to be careful about it. It's got to be presented in a certain way. Like they're never going to say, Oh, we're going to be really bad. The next couple of years we're rebuilding. Right. They're just going to ask for patience. They're going to say, we're going through a process here, but it's going to be exciting. Oh, as we go gonna, along here. Gonna, yes, as we go through here. Yes. Um, but we'll get an idea of what their thinking is by their actions this summer. Yes. And I, I, I think draft weekend is going to be a big weekend for that. What do they do with those late first round draft picks? Right. Are they used for immediate help? Are they used for prospects? Um, yada, yada. What do they? What's the return they seek and get for Seth Jones? Should right. they trade him? Right. Uh, if it's immediate help, you go. Oh, well, they're looking to they're looking to gear right back up at it this year or next. If it's prospects and picks, you go. Okay, so it's a long term rebuild here. Mm-hmm. Do they trade Line A? And what's the return for him? Right. Uh, we're going to get a read from all of these things. And I'm, and I, th- I think the coach, what you're doing, if you're the front office, the coach you hire has to 
has to coordinate with your immediate and long-term outcome. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure by the man they pick that we'll be able to discern just with that hire. And again, it could come in the next couple of days here. I'm not sure that that choice in and of itself is going to tell us which way it's going. A hundred percent agree. And and if we've, that you've written on this multiple times, if there's anything that this organization in terms of the team likes to do is, is completely turn expectations on their head. <laughs> so they could hire right. a coach and there could be one perception and this group decides to do the complete exact opposite. Um, but yes, I agree. I think that, I think that we don't know for sure. I think a gallant hire is, would probably be the strongest. I would lean into, we think things are going to happen quote unquote quickly. I don't mean like tomorrow quickly in terms of winning, but this is, this is something we're going to accelerate. Um, but, but the rest of the group is, is probably tier two in terms of looking at, is this a rebuild or a reload? They would everything. Everything else could be more probably rebuild, maybe reload. But I think Gallant would be the strongest signal to me that they thought this was a short time frame to get back to a place of success. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And you disagree? You talk- uh, no, no, I don't. I don't. And I think the reality part of that too is how much the coach is going to cost. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Because I, you know, Gallant is. <sighs> Again, I, I think the fact that he's been out of work for over a year now, that is probably he Gerard is such an interesting guy and he's such a he's such a um I how do I say I don't mean this in any way to be a slight. He is such a down to earth person. That's what mm-hmm. I mean to say. He is such a a guy you know type person. He's so comfortable to be around. There's no errors with with Gerard Gallant, um, that I know he's got an agent, but I, I don't think he's that guy. I think he's taking the next job. I don't think he's going to haggle over money. Right. Um, but I also think there are people who think, no, this is a $4 million a year coach. Right. And if that's the case, and he would get that in New York, if that's the case, he's probably not coming to Columbus if that is a demand, which I don't know if it would be for Gerard or maybe for people around him. Right. And I don't see Columbus paying that. Like right. they wouldn't they wouldn't pay Tortorella right. more than two point five. Yeah. Uh, or they didn't anyways. I think Larson makes a lot of sense on that end too. Sure. Um I think he's he is an affordable guy. I think they know him. Um what is your gut telling you if you had to if you had to lay odds on this race, who, who do you think the who do you think the next coach is going to be, Allison? Oh, I hate these questions. Um, I don't. I, I don't know. I just. I mean, it's it, it could be Brad Larson. Who's to say? I think I just again. I just worry about that keeping him within the same organization and asking him to completely have to change his relationship with the players. Does that help him as a professional in his career? I don't know. Um, yeah. But. Gallant also came out early as a name that Columbus likes. And, you know, listen, everything you just said about the finances and all that, too, 
and that he's been out of work so long, COVID throws a whole wrench in this. Any other year, you 100%. say those time frames, and you're like, whoa, yeah, what's going on? But this year, so many teams were just trying to get through it, right? And, you know, absolutely, coaching hires weren't happening the way that they would in a quote-unquote normal year. Gallant's name came out early. Is he a candidate? It, it has, there's been so much smoke um, that maybe it does come down to dollar and cents with him. So I guess if I have to guess, and now look, when I guess I'm always wrong, I would say mm, Larson or Gallant, probably. And they also kind of seem like the most sense um, to me, both from an X's and O's perspective and also a whole narrative perspective. They just make sense. Yeah. I'll go with Larson as the favorite. I'll go with Gallant as a possibility. Okay. And I'm going to go with the field. In other words, and Everybody I mean the, the, the unmentioned field. <laughs> so this will both piss me off and be hilarious. If it's someone who hasn't even been mentioned that gets the job. Yes. That would be very Yarmo-esque. It would be. Yeah. It would be hilarious and it would piss me off. Um, but there we've contacted several people who've said, I just, I don't want to, this is not something I want to discuss publicly. Yeah. And the easy thing is to say, oh, he's talking to him, but you can't do that either. You can't right. do that either. Cause you don't know. You don't right. know. Uh, Bob Hartley was in that camp. Um, and there have been others too. I've made it. I've, I've forgotten who all texted back and what all they said, but if I had to handicap it, I'd say I'd say Larson likely, Gallant possible, and then I'd go with the field after that. Okay. So, yeah. Um, one other bit of news: the Blue Jackets today signed to a three-year entry-level deal uh, defenseman Samuel Canasco. Did I say that correctly, Samuel? I, no, no. <laughs> The Canasco part? Yes, I think so. I think so. Uh, third round pick, number 78 overall last year in the draft. He is the pick they got from Montreal with Max Domi for Josh Anderson. Yes. And they like him. And he was the captain of the Slovakian World Junior Team, played for Slovakia in the uh, World Championships that just completed in Riga. Uh, kid has a bright future. Uh, a bit of an offensive puck mover as well. So uh, he's going to play this coming season in Finland, apparently. So someone to keep on your radar, Samuel Kanazko. Tremendous. Allison, anything else we need to get to? I think that's it. This offseason will continue to give us big questions to ponder week after week. That's right. And next week, uh, my prediction is that next week we'll be talking uh, about or maybe even with the next Ooh, coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Look at you. So. How about Exciting. that? Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Allison, thanks. Anything else to add? I think that's it. All unless right, unless good. you want to talk about the upcoming concert schedule this summer, Aaron. Well, you know what? Um, I was going to work into this, the idea of the Blue Jackets have to decide and which way they're going. Are yes. they are they is this a long-term fix or is this a short-term uh, turnaround mm -hmm. and it makes me think of the avid brothers lyric one foot in and one foot back interesting it don't pay to live like that mm, profound yes why the, why are they on your mind aaron the avid brothers well because the uh <laughs> well god damn it the first round of the NF <laughs> nhl draft uh. is uh is the night that the avid brothers are playing in columbus and they're, they're, are they your total favorite band or one of? 
Well, you know what? I, I don't I don't really go there with it. I, it's the band I've seen in concert the most. Okay. I think it's the band that lyrically, eh, I don't know if I would say that. Lyrically, they have affected me. Uh, great admiration for their songwriting. Okay. And I come in on them. They stand where I stand on a lot of things. They make me think and they make me feel, which is the the best I think music can do. Um, having said that, I've seen them a million times. Mm-hmm, here we go. Uh, I hope to see them again in Mexico <laughs> this winter. Um, so I'm okay with this, but yeah, I mean, it sucks that, that I should be somewhere else, but at least it's the first round of the draft. It's at least it's not like some boring ass, um, requirement that you have to be somewhere for something that's just dreadful. The first <laughs> round's going to be batshit this year. I would think, I mean, honestly, Allison, think Jones could move. It's true. Right. It's true. Forget they've got the fifth overall pick for God's sakes. That's exciting enough. Jones could move. Who knows about line A? Right. Who knows? Right. Um, the two lates could move. Probably will move. Um, so, yeah. Ch- probably what's going to happen is I'll be driving home and go, all oh, right, the Avid Brothers played here tonight. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be one of those nights. Okay. So you, you, As long yeah. as you keep telling yourself that and you accept it, that, that, that sounds yeah. great. Uh, that's what I have to say to get through it. He's secretly so. devastated, folks. Crushed. Secretly. Yep. Crushed crust all right well we'll talk to you next week and thanks for listening as always um always good to be with you we'll talk to you soon